That's right. You're listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners Podcast. The alternative underground dive bar fan podcast of the Seattle Mariners. Brought to you by OB City Entertainment. And now, the host of the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners Podcast, Myron Sutner. All right, I'm going to shut up now and get out of the way so you can enjoy episode eight of the Rock. I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good, good. How was your Mother's Day weekend? Fantastic. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Yeah, yeah. And also... This first episode, he's going to be here more regularly here on the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. We're lucky to have him. You've heard about it 
in my prior intros and outros. I'm a man of my word. He is here, Chris Copacino. What's up, Copy? How you doing, man? Good to be here. It's good. I'm glad to, I'm glad you're here on this podcast. I know uh, you know, for our uh listeners, again, you have been involved with the Seattle Mariners for many years off and on, haven't you? That's right. That's right. I had quite a lot of hair left, man. I had a full head of hair heading into my Mariners fandom. More and more. <laughs> yeah. It's uh you know, I haven't seen you in a while. You know the last time I saw you, Kopi, I was at a bar and you were uh you were wearing a Justin Smoke jersey. <laughs> So <laughs> my question is, do you Justin, still, ha- do you still have that Justin smoke Jersey? I, I, I still wear the number 17 every so often. Just, just when I want to, just when I want to swing and miss in big situations, I put it on. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I think maybe the worst, uh, I don't know. Mariners jerseys, I've been pretty safe. I've had the Edgars. I've had the Griffies. I've had the Ichiros. I've never really went out on a limb. Football jerseys, I, I have some embor- embarrassing stories to tell at some other time. But uh, not, I'm not a jersey guy. I'm not a jersey guy. I'm, I am and I'm not. I kind of like the older, more form-fitting jerseys. I, mm-hmm. I'm i not a jersey guy. Hannah, are you a baseball jersey guy for games or are you more of a hoodie, hoodie t-shirt kind of guy? Yeah, I've never owned a jersey, but uh, if I do, I'm one of probably a Kelmet jersey. Yeah, I, I I have one jersey. It's Griffey. That's the only one that I feel comfortable putting across my back. Yeah, because, you know, and Mariners the goat. Yeah, and you're safe in any stadium with that jersey. He's not a he's not a hated person, so it's right. it, it it always works. So you're going to be joining us here more often. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your you know your background with the Mariners? I listen. First of all, I grew up in uh, in Seattle. Uh, earliest memories out in Leftfield Bleachers, and then uh, had the fortune down the season ticket holder. Went my whole life. Uh, you know, grew up around the team, uh, and used to drive my college roommates nuts because they didn't want to go out, and I had to watch the game. But broke, brokered this rule with them that if it was in th- within three runs, we stayed. If it wasn't, then we then we go out. <laughs> uh, um, I, uh, but then, yeah, I ended up there, you know, starting in high school into, uh, college summers, worked, uh, at the Mariners in a couple of different capacities. And then, uh, my dad, uh, as just a, just a, you know, just a good, good backstory is, uh, has been the, uh, was the creative brain behind the Mariners commercials for, uh, 25 plus years, and so uh, you know, through good fortune and absolute nepotism, I had the chance to to hang around that uh, that process a little bit. Uh, I, I currently work at uh, Copacino Fujikato Advertising Agency here in Seattle, and we had the good fortune of uh, working with the Mariners for man uh, upwards of, of 23 years, and uh, and it's, it, was, it was an awesome, uh, awesome, awesome experience, and. Uh, so been around the team a lot. Uh, m- more as a fan, actually, you know, working for them and being in charge of some of their marketing and helping them. I always felt like a puppet master, and I didn't love it. So, uh, so much more. I always saw uh, the team through through the the fan lens. Yeah, uh, I remember uh, me and Hanson both have grown up with you at different stages. Obviously, Chris, you Hanno, you've known him since uh, little league. Yeah, it's good to have a. Uh, current uh, Northwest Little League guy on this podcast. 
<laughs> Let me tell you something. I faced Chris Hansen as an 11 year old, and I think he might have thrown 131 miles an hour. At least it felt like it. <laughs> yeah, and then, and as you know, if people don't know, I I played in a more superior little league, Ballard Little League. Shout out to Ballard, <laughs> what's going on? Uh, yeah. Hey, but, can we get Brandon away? Can we get Brandon away on this podcast? Yeah. Can we call, can we call Brandon away? <laughs> Yeah, that would be fun uh, to have a uh, Ballard Northwest Little League, uh, you know, uh, episode that maybe 10 of us would give a shit about. Um, so, uh, so, Kobe, you're going to be coming on here. We're going to talk about, like, you were talking about some of those commercials uh, in the marketing and stuff that your dad, like, created for the Mariners. We're talking about all of, I think, the golden era of Mariners commercials, the You Gotta Love These Guys, the True to the Blue, all of that stuff. Um, you got to be around. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, saw a lot of different iterations of Mariners marketing when it was, uh, you know, just <laughs> hoping a prayer to supporting good teams to, uh, you know, different things where you thought you might maybe had lightning in a bottle coming in New Year. Uh, only, you know, to, to see Scott Spezio, realize he was Scott Spezio. And then, and then years going into years where it was just brutal. You knew it was going to be kind of a Dorset talented game. And so you kicked your cap at Jose Pedro and moved on. Of course, nowadays you have your closer. And the classic closer is Bobby Ayala. He comes straddling, looking mean, the beard, those eyes. The man is scary. If he came to my house on Halloween, I'd give him all the candy that he wanted. At the time of the recording tonight, the Mariners just snapped a six-game losing streak, I believe, uh, on Mother's Day down at T-Mobile. Hannah, what did you see today? What did you like? Um, well, today was great because we won. Um after and breaking that uh, long losing streak. And uh, we almost had one in game two of the series where Kelnick hit a um, pinch hit home run in the eighth. But then in typical Mariners fashion, we gave it right back in the ninth and lost after Seawald gave up a three-run homer. But getting back to today, uh, um, it was great to see uh, George Kirby make his debut. He looked fantastic. Uh, looked poised, had his command, and really pitched well through uh, six innings and had, I think, six strikeouts. He struck out the side in the first inning. Uh, he, he looked the opposite of Matt Brash, where he had his command. He got behind in the count, and he could spot his fastball. He looked really good. He did look pretty good. Kobe, do you think a, a, a performance like this today garners like some sort of like you know, we got to get some kind of commercials and some things ready for this guy, or, or do you need to see him a few more times before you're you're really buying in on this Kirby guy? I mean, you know, obviously today is the first time you've seen him uh, in an extended uh, period because, you know, everything else has been little highlights here of him down on the farm. But, I mean, you realize why he, he's able to make that transition from double-A to the major to the leagues because he's, I mean, like 96, 97, free and easy, um, to Hanny's point, was able to get back in the count today, right? Because he had like a bunch of 3 counts. He was able to get back in the count because he's able to spot fast line. So it was 97. Um, so, man, I mean, like <laughs> more of it. But, but there's a reason why he's been 
as highly touted prospect as he has been and kind of rumored to be up with them at some point this year. And I think at some point you just go, okay, he's ready, let's do it. So he's awesome. I can't, he, he might turn into one of those guys that, like, you know, every turn, kind of like Randy back in the day, like, you want to go see him, you know. So I think, to, you know, he could be a, 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 an intense draw just in himself because I think he's really good. Yeah, he's he's. It's amazing how hard he throws because he just looks like a twig out there, out on the mound, and he he doesn't look like a day over eighteen. I'm not sure how young he is. He's got to be what like twenty one, twenty two. Uh, he he looks like a young kid. I like what I'm seeing. I saw him up close in spring training. I saw him and Brash splitting games, and I think the couple of games that I went to, I think it was splitting hairs for them at towards the end of who they were going to take, and Brash at that time just had a couple of more impressive innings under his belt, but obviously I really do think Kirby, I feel like he's here to stay for the rest of this year. So I feel like, you know, going into next spring, whoever's doing commercials there, a definitely green light on, on him if, if he sticks around. <laughs> yeah, what was really impressive about him, you know, compared to Brass, was he really went after the hitters. He, you know, mm-hmm. threw that fastball in there and just said, hit it, you know, and really just really just showed some maturity like a, a veteran of just trying to shove it down him, you know? Yeah. Uh, so – also, really quick, I think the next biggest story is, is Kyle, what is going on with Kyle Lewis? When could we expect him to see him up here at least at a, as a DH? Because right now, I mean, we, we got we to, gotta, you know, put out listings for, for, for people that can hit. You know, they can do yeah. stuff right now. It's, it's, it's not, it's been, this electric factory well, thing is, is not coming together right now. <laughs> What's going to be interesting is that, you know, the roster's going to go to 26, and so you're going to have to make some uh, pretty strategic uh, decisions. But, you know, I think there's some guys who are on this roster because it's 28 and they go to 26, and they're going to keep the pitchers they are. Uh, but when Lewis is ready, he's going to be up here because the way, you know, the way they, they, they're shuttling players through DH right now, uh, you know, and you have him play corner outfield spot, they're gonna get. They're gonna find his bat in the lineup, and you know they're gonna ride. They're gonna ride who gets hot, and and who can you know produce some runs every 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 game and get Hanager back. And then you know you'll, you'll, if if Kelnick is not uh, producing at that point, he probably goes down. Not an indictment on him. He just needs to go down and play every day. So it's a good. It's a you know it's a good problem if if Lewis can come up here and produce. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think? First of all, what's going on, Hannah? You know exactly what's happening with them. The timetable, not exactly, but you know what the we our underground sources uh, have told us. When is Kyle Lewis probably coming back? So I heard an interview with Depoto. He said that um, he'll probably finish out his run down there for a couple weeks, but things could change. He's already hit two home runs in the week he's been there. And uh, is looking fine playing back-to-back days. Um, he did have a – I was reading in the game recap last night that uh, there was a play at the plate where he slid and the Mariners held their breath, you know, since he's been kind of injury-prone. But he came away from that okay and things look good. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm a big Kyle Lewis fan. He – it's between him and Crawford, who's who's my new jersey that I'm getting. I I, I love the way Crawford plays. I love the, his ascension that he's making right now. 
but I also would re- I also really respect somebody that can come back from these injuries like Kyle Lewis. So we're gonna see which jer- this is what this is about. That's the that's the headline in the paper is what what jersey you know the host of the rye bread and mustard <laughs> podcast is going to you know get when he goes and you know uses his ten percent discount at the team store for being a season <laughs> ticket holder. Uh, so, incidentally, did you did you have any did you have any flashbacks of Brandon Morrow when you heard Brash was becoming a reliever? I was like, "Fuck, not again! We're doing this again. What are we doing?" I thought that was pretty nope. quick to be like, "Okay, you've had five starts. They didn't go as planned. <laughs> You're done being a starter, kid." I mean, and then sending him back down. I mean, how 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 much of a mental fuck is that? Okay, yeah, I had the exact same thought as you. I was thinking Brandon Morrow the whole way. Oh, here's a guy who throws 97. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna change every month when he is starter reliever. No, I think I, I like how what Dakota said about that. He's just like, hey, listen, he can help us more competitively right now, being a reliever, because you know, w- with 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 the chains off uh, as a reliever, you know, he's gonna come and throw 98-99, and you not you might need another you know plus arm out there. And then, you know, his fe- and then you can monitor, monitor his innings that way. And then his features in front of him, he's 24 years old. So he can start down the road. I just hope they don't, they don't do that thing with Morrow. <laughs> they put back and forth, back and forth. And it, it finally fucks his head good enough that he was never the same. Oh, man. Park too close to left field, I see. Aren't you Nelson? Nelly's autographs at your service. Just call A444 Boomstick. Call today. Is that your current number? Call today. Mariners Baseball. True to the blue. Nelly's autograph. It's a home run. Is the Electric Factory nickname the nickname for the offense? <laughs> now I'm not sure what this is about. I, I haven't cared to look either, so if anybody knows more about this, please let me know. I mean, it was Jesse, Jesse Winker, right? Jesse Winker named it. He said, this place is like an electric factory. Uh, it's certainly not been the offense. Um, but, I mean, as far as the name, you know, when that building, to use a Pete Carrollism, has some juice in it, like, it's a fun place to be. And I, it was interesting to hear Winker come here from, you know, the Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, that feels like a pretty rabid baseball town. To like to feel the electricity here, I was, I was like, that, that was pretty cool. I don't love the name, but I appreciated that it that he that he had the appreciation for the kind of juice we could put in the building. God knows if we had ever won consistently, it could uh, be special again. I totally agree with you, Kofi. I think he was talking about the fans and not the uh, the actual hitting. And it, I agree with you. It is an electric place to be in when we're winning, just like it was that last week of the season last year, huh, Myron? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was electric. I mean, nothing's going to be more electric than when I went there and saw WrestleMania. We'll talk about that on another episode. But <laughs> it, it is electric. Hey, Myron, you, you, you asked about the offense. And, like, here's my only concern about this team. And I, I will preface this by saying that I am all in on what Dakota has done and Me what, too. how he's constructed the team. I, I was I was in an interview with Dakota one time, like before um, the, before the 20 season, before you know the world stopped. We 
had the fortune, the marriage invited us in to sit down with the Poto, and he talked like unscripted for 90 minutes. Like I had 15 pages of notes filled, and he went through every guy who was a name that you've heard in their system and talked about him. So he's amazing. And I bought into everything. I drank the Kool-Aid. I was like, let's do this. Here's my only concern about the way the roster is constructed. They have a lot of, like, nice players. I don't know if they have anyone who, when the whole team's going south, they don't have the Salvador Perez. They can't win a series by themselves. They don't, they don't have the, the, the trout, like the, the guy who's just going to show up and run into one, and you're going to win 3-1 that day or 4-2, you know? And so that's my – and, like, Hanniger's probably the closest. France has shown a little bit of that. But they're going to need, and Julio might be that. But that's my only concern about this team is that they just they have like a lot of nice parts. They might not have like the the the, the, the put the back on, you know, put the sh- uh, put people on their shoulders and go kind of kind of guy. Yeah, and I agree with you. They are missing, and I think Hanson can agree. We are missing a superstar on this team. A lot of these other teams have superstars. They have these big, you know, 1A superstars. The Mariners do not. We have a lot of twos, which is great. I like it. But somebody, yes, has to turn into this marquee player on this team. And also, I think that's pretty cool. I really like that story about uh, DePoto just talking nonstop for 90 minutes about all this. Because every time I've seen him, I can't even get a hello back. So... That's impressive, Chris. So, <laughs> just wanted to let you know. It was, it was it was it was one of the most amazing meetings I've ever been in, and it was incredible. And I, I think I saw that notebook somewhere because he just went down every guy, every guy, every guy you who who could touch this roster, you know, that would have been excited about. He just talked through and just like and it was, and the, like like psychological breakdown. Um, and he had this thing he talked about very openly about they had looked at the science of when players pop and what their windows are. And so there was this whole idea of, and, and he talked about it in the media, he's not earth shattering, but like the waves of talent they had coming into the, you know, and so like, and so this third wave, which they're actually just starting to realize now, and that third wave was Kelnick and Rodriguez and Kirby is, and it's getting those guys to the league at 24, 25, because statistically, uh, players' primes become, I think, the way you say, 25 to 28, 29. That's when you maximize their value. And so he won that third wave to hit while all these guys were still in that window. It was just pretty incredible to hear. And I was like, I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm in, man. Let's do this. I mean, after, you know, the years of Zorenzik, you know, and, and, and Bavese, who were... Yeah, that had you just out hanging out in a Justin Smoke jersey. You know, yeah, I remember uh, those years. <laughs> it was pretty incredible. Yeah, uh... Hannah, what do you what do, what do you think about all that? I agree with all of that, and and I think that we can't even. I mean, they, they're young, so I'm right, not expecting right. everything out of them even this year. I'm looking more forward to next year and the year after, like you said that Depoto says. You know, twenty four, twenty five. These guys are still way younger than that. So, I and and going back to say we don't have that player yet. I think Julio Rodriguez can be that player but not this yeah. year you know no no not 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 yet but yes i want to you know go on record of saying like yeah this is the best potential and it looks like pretty good potential that we are going to have that marquee player we are going to have you know one of those 
real faces of the franchise where we're not searching and going like, this might be the face of the franchise. This might be the face of the franchise. And, you know, even broader than the Mariners, you know, just being a major face in the game of baseball. He definitely, he definitely has the shape, the size, the skills, and he also has the personality. Wouldn't you say, Kobe, like coming from like a, uh, like a commercial marketing background, this is, he's a very marketable, uh, very marketable personality. Well, he is, you know, and like, and, and I, I was around the team, but in a total fan capacity when Griffey came up, I remember Griffey's being in spring training in 89, 90 and seeing this just like genuine, like zeal, excitement, like love of playing baseball and everything with that. And like, and, and that was what was so fresh about Junior, right? I mean, Junior was an amazing player, but you just never seen anyone really, like a, a major leaguer, because, you know, like there was that whole major league way where you're like, you know, too good for this shit and too cool for school and not going to smile, not going to show love, act like you've done it before, all that bullshit. And then Griffey came, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to smile. I'm going to wear my hat backwards. I'm going to be flashy. I'm going to have a fun playing this game because I know I'm really fucking good. And, and, yeah, and Buck Showalter, suck seen, my dick. Pretty yeah, much. yeah, yeah. And, and I haven't seen I haven't seen anyone, uh, it, you know, really in baseball, especially in the Mariners, have that zeal and zest for the game since Julio, and that's special because that, because you can't you can try that you can try to be that guy and you know happy go lucky yada yada yada. You know, and then and then you suck, and it and it, and it wears thin like pretty quick, right? Like, I mean, there's been a number of those guys. Oh yeah, yeah. Who are who are who are great personalities, but the minute they suck, it doesn't matter. And he has he has both, and and it just I love what Service uh, told him in that video you probably seen when they told him he was coming to the show, you know, and he's like, don't ever change the way you play because that's a really a part of what he does. Yeah, I I agree. I I like what he does. He's hustling on all plays. He's stealing bases. He has as many stolen bases as he does RBIs. That's nine. Doesn't sound like a whole lot, but that's a good first month for you know a twenty-one-year-old rookie, wouldn't you say? I think so, Hanno. Hanno, I mean, you were around for Junior, don't you think? Don't you think he has some of that just like just joy? That just like unrelenting joy. Oh, totally. And, you know, most of the big-time players in MLB, like the Sprouts and, I mean, Acuna a little bit, same with uh, Juan Soto, they're a little bit more joyous, but uh, there's never been a guy that's been, you know, wants to take on the mantra of being the man of baseball and happy and, and an outstanding player to be able to be that person, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. Just like Griffey did. Griffey, you know, like, Griffey made people more loose around him because of his way. and and. You know, it's a game. You gotta have fun playing this game, and he, the joy is just—it's awesome. I love it. I think, and I think he's gonna be really good. I mean, when he, that that home run, his first home run he hit when he hit, when he hits the ball in the gap on a on a line. You know, just he is—he's gonna be special. Yeah, and you know what's something? You know something? I shouldn't admit this here on the podcast. I still haven't watched the video of the home run. I I heard it on the radio. When I was in Seattle, was I've so done hard. a podcast. I know I should I should be, you know, at least banned or just or barred from a baseball pod, a Mariners baseball podcast for for, the, for admitting this. But I I'm going to go check that out. Did I just lose all credibility with everybody with that? He wears a ten foot glove, feel the ball, and stands a full forty oxen tall. 
So, like, you know, there's been a lot of changes there at, at you know, T-Mobile, around the Mariners, uh, a lot of the feedback, and maybe one of the more um, popular episodes that we had was when we talked about the change of the Louie Louie seventh inning stretch to a Macklemore song. Instead, it seems like they're still doing that. I haven't been there, but I believe they still are. What is your feeling behind that? Uh, I think mine's been pretty clear. It's not a personal thing with Macklemore and his music, but I do feel like somebody that's you know supposedly a huge Mariners and Mariners tradition and Seattle sports tradition guy would kind of like step in there and go like, don't, don't, don't play my song, please. What do you think about this change? Are you for it? Are you against it? Are you indifferent? What's up? I'm. I mean, ultimately, I'm indifferent, I think. I mean, you know, every – it's nice that ballparks have traditions, right? Like, you know, Sweet Caroline in, uh, in Boston or, you know, the – I mean, the, seven, the, the taking out of the ball is a big deal in Chicago, right? And, 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 and different ballparks have different things. I always appreciated that about Lou and Lou, that you just kind of knew where it was going to go. And, and, you know, side note, uh, one of my jobs at the Mariners was uh, – a DJ for some time. So I hit Louie Louie a lot of times uh, to play it. And that's you know, sometimes awesome. you hear the <laughs> that is song. so awesome. That's like as cool as Harry Carey singing the thing to me. Okay. Cause I'm it's American. really not. It's really not. It's really not. You just, hit a, you just, you just, hit a, you just hit a fucking button. Man. But yeah, but did you but, do it with like a little pizzazz? Did you just hit the button or were you like, watch this? Boom. Well, there was, there was a, there was a beat to hit that you try to nail. Because it's right after the, you know, take me out. Yeah, yeah. And then you just try to hit, because the first, you know, it's like, and then it would just come in, and you just, and I had levels, and I just push them, you know, and you try to hit that, you know. But where do you get those? Where do you get those Louis Louis levels at? What's a Louis Louis level? Oh man, high. But you know, especially if it's a full ballpark. But but you know, Sunday when Miguel Olivo has three throwing errors on the game, and there's eight thousand people in the stands, like that. Tough to get it. Tough people to get fired up. But I, I, you know, like, I so I like that tradition. Um, and I, I think it's one of those things that Mariners are kind of damned to do, damned they do, damned they don't, right? Because sometimes they get, they get, uh, you know, dunked on for, oh, you know, it's all about just the, um, the, the fan, you know, the, the, you know, the dance, the dancing ground crew, although they haven't done that for a while, or all the shishkaderis, or. You know, and you don't care, you know, you, you hold on to tradition too long and all those different things. So I understand them trying to like change it up, but that's why I ultimately don't care. But it, you know, like, so it's just, I understand the math more choice. It's cool. I, I think the Louis Louis would be like, you know, cause it's never wrong, right? It's kind of become part of the Northwest mosaic or whatever. So like, I, I never, I never, I just, I, I didn't understand there was, it need to be broken. I love that people freak the fuck out about it, though, because it's just like you change one thing, you know, and people lose their minds about it. 
There's certain um, things like I wouldn't say I lost my mind about it, but I am just like, all right, that's dumb. But I do get the argument of like, look, it's tradition, but we've had a losing tradition. We got to change a lot of things <laughs> around here. I mean, yeah. I do like change. Like, I don't freak the fuck out that they're they they had a you couldn't watch the game on Friday you unless you had Apple Plus. A lot of people did. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't understand that these streaming sites are, you know, this is just like having your game on, um, you know, Monday Night Football. It's Friday Night Baseball. Um, what did you think of the Apple broadcast? Hanno, did you, you did not get to see it, right? No, I watched it. I watched it on my phone. Oh, you did watch it on your phone. Damn. Oh, look at you. Listen, we're all, we're all, we're all Apple iPhone. Let's just, let's just be honest. All three of us have iPhones, right? <laughs> So like, I let me just quickly just say I I enjoyed it. Uh, I like the sleek graphics of the the Apple graphics that they had. I like the little probability things down in the corner. I did think it was a little bit corny with how they were dressing like extra like coffee house up in the up in the booth. But overall, you know, they had Jen Mueller. They had they still had the root sports people into it. I liked it. Jen Mueller wasn't even supposed to work that game. She, she, someone didn't show for them or, or couldn't couldn't answer the bell. The person they usually have roaming the stadium because I saw that Jen Mueller was like, "I'm not supposed to work tonight," and then all of a sudden they're like, "Can you do this for us?" And so she she popped in. Well, she did a great job, and I think it was a great night. Uh, you know, it was a great game, even though they came up short. But I liked the way the broadcast was. I liked all of the uh, slow-mo stuff. It made the stadium look good. I haven't seen, like, a national televised, like, game. There's, like, oh, we're going to use their, you know, the regional footage will be, you know, the MLB, you know, Tuesday night of the game. But I can't remember a time where the Mariners were featured on a big game like that in a primetime slot. Can you? Either of you? No, it's been many years. Many years. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, 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 I mean, it was just the way they sh- they used all. Of, it seemed like they used the 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 cameras that you know Root Sport has in their setup, but there was additional cameras. Just the lighting, it just made T-Mobile look like a you know like a like a playoff stadium. <laughs> like you're like, whoa, this is an amped up game on a na- on a national level. And I and you, yeah, you know, it looks crisp and clean. I agree. Yeah, and Julio that is, that, and Kelnick both had good games. I thought that was pretty awesome. Totally. I yeah, it was. I mean, I could. I I like Cliff Floyd. I thought he was good. I thought the the play by play guy who's forgetting his name now was uh, yeah, two points. Just you know, like just, it's a baseball game. You know, I understand this is all about draw, drawing a new crowd of baseball, younger crowd, streaming crowd. Get it. But like, I just I felt I felt like some of the some of the banter was pretty cheesy on the uh, on the broadcast itself. But it, I love seeing T-Mobile too. Like it's it is cool to you know like we take it for granted because that's our stadium. But like it is cool to see it on TV. And then when players come in here, like I I've heard so many players talk about the fact that they love T-Mobile. They love hitting in it. They just love the ballpark. Like we're pretty we're pretty fortunate to have have that yard as ours. They love hitting Just on. They love, hit, they love hitting on it. They love hitting in it until they're married. <laughs> <And all, laughs> right. Exactly. We're going to die. Yeah. But you know, Martin, about the thing, I think to play devil's advocate, a lot of people get upset when you know they're big Nando fans, but they don't have the ability to see it. Could they make it? 
where it was available for everybody, like a simulcast, at least allow Root to show it. I know it's dollars and cents, but I think that's the big well, problem it, that people have it, with it. Well, the, yeah, people, by people, we're talking about my grandma. She was not, my grandma Norma was not happy about it whatsoever. I tried to say, hey, you can, we could download the Apple thing on your iPad. She's like, no, I'm just going to listen to the game. I've listened to a million games. And then she told me how much she couldn't stand listening to the radio. She didn't like the optics. So, I mean, there is that group of people. I, I do feel like it's older people. I do feel like it's also people that just don't like Apple. So they're going to be weird about it and indifferent on purpose. Also, if you don't have Apple Plus, I'm sure they offer a free subscription. I'm, they're not a sponsor of the uh, Rye Bread and Mustard podcast yet. Um, but we are available on... Um, Apple Podcasts, I do want to say that. So, um, with that being said, I, I liked it. I liked the Friday night thing. Apple obviously wants to be a player. It's Major League Baseball. Um, this was just like the Facebook thing that they had in the last couple seasons, right? There was the Facebook games. Right. And, and people yeah, were it's, just it's, in, outraged about that, too. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, it's interesting to see what's going to happen because you know, Major League Baseball is kind of a dinosaur in the way they do their TV deals because they basically give a local monopoly to um, the regional sports networks, right? So here it's Root in Colorado, it's Root and down in LA, it's like it's, it's for the for the Angels, it's uh, Fox Sports, and, and so they give that local monopoly, you know, because you because you you know everything's blacked out in the local market. The only place to see it is through a cable provider, and then. Root did the deal this year with, um, with Fubo to bring things to streaming, which starts to democratize it a little bit. Because, you know, at some point, Major League Baseball makes their own bed. If you need a cable subscription to watch baseball, well, people are cutting, cutting the corner all the time. I'm still an Xfinity subscriber. Uh, you know, I'm old school that way. I have cable, but like, you know, so, you know, a lot of people I work with, right? You know, we're talking about, you know, younger, older folks don't don't do it. And so then all of a sudden visibility on the game gets cut off because they're not going to, you know, plunk down the money for the Xfinity uh, subscription. That's where Fubo came in. You know, now Root's available there. But at some point, and I think it's probably in the next collective bargaining agreement on the TV deal, which is big money, you're going to have a, you're going to have a, an Apple TV or someone provider and who's going to, who's going to offer you an opportunity just Okay, if I want if I want to watch the, the Mariners for a season, I just want to watch the Mariners for a season, and I, and I don't want cable, but I should be able to like watch the Mariners in my home market uh, for a season, and I'm going to pay two hundred or two hundred fifty dollars to do it. You'll have that choice. The fact that you can't right now is actually mind boggling to me. Yeah, I I mean, I'm all of this shit is pretty confusing down here in LA. You can't get the Dodgers on this thing. You can't get the angels on this one. I pay for all my Mariners games through the MLB app. So the only time I really get screwed is if they are here playing the angels or the angels are up there. I have to find alternative uh, ways to watch the game or those are just the games that I, you know, I listen to Rick Riz, which is also, you know, a treat to do. Dear Ichiro, I am a huge fan. You are my favorite player, and I would love your autograph. Thank you, Katie from Spokane. Dear Katie, thank you for being such a great fan. Best wishes, Ichiro. 
Mariners baseball. Hey now. Get all of it. So we were talking about uh, autographs, you know, on the last couple of episodes. Everybody that's came on uh, so far has talked about like a cool autograph uh, that they've got. Or it doesn't even have to be cool. Maybe just a unique or funny autograph. I'm sure like, you know, being and growing up around the Mariners and working with the Mariners and being around baseball, you got some cool autographs. What are some of the more like interesting ones or ones maybe the people you met weren't the way that you thought they were going to be. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, a couple of good autograph stories. I, I remember when I was, uh, probably 1990. So I'm nine years old. I got in spring training. Uh, Randy Johnson was walking across this little, uh, road to, to get from the, the field to where they did all the, the, the pitching work and I asked him to sign my ball. And he was not a nice guy. Uh, and he, he signed it and then, he signed it and then dropped it, uh, and walked on. And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, I guess I'll pick it up. And that's one. Another one, I, I had a, I had a ball that I, I, I got, uh, like, I used to just, you know, balls go over the fence and you just go get them out at Tempe Diablo Stadium there before they moved to Peoria. And I had a ball and then, it, you know, I'd go out in the morning in the workout and then the game would start and I'd hang around for the game. So I had this ball, and I, I, uh, I was I was watching the game, and, and, and there was like a little bit of like a whisper, something. Oh, Reggie Jackson's up in the uh, concourse, you know, and and like my dad was there, and he was like, "You should go get Reggie Jackson's autograph." Like, okay, so I go up there, and he's standing there, and I go, "Yeah, Mr. Jackson, can you sign this ball?" And he yeah, signed it for me. I'm like, great. And so go back down, uh, you know, watch the game. Things are going on. I got Reggie Jackson's autograph. Feeling pretty good about it. And um, then uh, towards the end of the game, the pitchers used to run in the outfield, which they don't do anymore. But during the game, they used to like, run poles on the track in the outfield. And Eric Hansen's out there run poles. Former Mariners pitcher. Yes, former Mariners pitcher, Eric Hansen. Hell of a golfer, scratch golfer, trying to make a run on the tour. Uh, yeah, Eric Hansen, big 12-6 curveball guy. Anyways, he was, run, he was running out on the track. And... I asked for his autograph, but I realized the only ball I had with me was the Reggie Jackson ball. Oh, and God. then he like came he he came over and I was giving him a but I was bit, you know, I didn't want to be like, nah, you know, because I like I haven't found the ball, so now I got a ball for signed by Reggie Jackson and Eric Hansen, which I think is the <laughs> only ball in the history of the planet that's signed by both of those dudes. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 halfway garbage. <laughs> Damn! That yeah, if you're it. if you're Eric Hansen, you got to be like, hey, hey, kid, sorry, uh, yeah. I'm not signing this ball. I don't, I don't think you ever saw it because you know, like, because I was a dumbass and had Reggie Jackson sign not on the sweet spot, but on the horseshoe on one side, <laughs> and Harry and Hansen sign on the other side. So I don't think you ever saw it, and I was just like, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, so do you- go ahead, Hansen. I was gonna say. So, do you have that up on your mantle at home with Reggie Jackson? I do. I, That's awesome. I do. I do. I have that ball. I have that ball. I also, I also have a. I, I think I, I have this, uh, a bat that I kind of gotta find. I think it's at my dad's house. It's a Rich Amaral bat. Rich Amaral. Rich Amaral, thirty-year-old rookie, Rich Amaral. Yeah, yeah, he was Griffey's. He was Griffey's, like you know, replacement in '95 when he. Uh, Broke his broke his wrist, right? We get, we went from Griffey yeah. to Am Amaral carried us through the summer. We had to hand it to him, him. and Alex Diaz. 
But but I remember like same, same time frame. I'm down in spring training. I'm watching Richie Emeril take batting practice. He's in the cage, so he's like not even on the field. He's just in the cage, and you know we're talking about batting practice out of the machine fastballs, and he <laughs> he sawed himself off on a on a batting practice fastball, broke his bat, splintered his whole bat up the side. So now it's just like it's a like half a bat basically. Yeah, and. And he got it done, and I go, hey, Mr. Emerald, can I have that bat? And he's like, I don't know, sure. He hands me the bat, and I'm like, you know, I was like, oh, cool, it's a cool bat, and it's sheared in half or whatever. And um, so the next day, I, uh, I, you know, before the game, I, I saw him, and I had the bat, and I said, Mr. Emerald, can you sign this bat? And he like, <laughs> reluctantly signed the bat, because he's like, what am I signing a broken bat for? But I still have it, and the, and the, Sharpie a broken bat that he got sawed thing. off in batting practice yeah. with. <laughs> batting practice. Yeah, that 70 mile an hour fastball just, you know, tore that shit up. Ladies and gentlemen, a very funny man. Please welcome from Seattle, Jay Buter. Here's one for you. Horse walks into a bar. Bartender says, Hey, why the long face? Here's one for you. Aren't you glad he decided to play right field for the Mariners instead? So like uh, Kobe, what are some of the some some stories that maybe uh, we could be looking forward to uh, on some upcoming episodes? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can tell you about seeing Luke Pinella in a towel. I can talk to you about uh, <laughs> shooting with Griff, Griffey in a human cloning spot, which was uh, amazing, and the, and the kind of the magical night that was. Like I would, keep going. I can also tell you about. Uh, Shooting with Junior when he was in 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 a, in a not very good way, and and, and that happens sometimes. Um, yeah, I, we we can talk about it all. Yeah, uh, I want to hear more about I want to hear more about the uh, DJing that you, you did for the Mariners, and yeah. doing, and you were saying you're doing the uh, you do the uh, the, the walk up to the plate music that sounds fun. Uh, I also uh, wrote down here. When we were just talking uh, uh, before we recorded, you got a funny Pete Ancavilia story. Uh, you know, we got a lot of stuff. We got a lot of, uh, you know, maybe check out some of these commercials and talk about them and things like that. And, uh, you know, just just chop it up about these things. Love it. I love it. I'm here for it.